Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Sarah. Today we are joined by James Moriarty of Urban Renewal Brewery. Established in 2017, Urban Renewal is a craft brewery serving patrons with locally inspired beer brewed with the utmost attention to detail. You can visit their brewery located at 5121 North Ravenswood, and beer fans can soon visit their new tap room space coming soon to the former Andersonville Brewing location at 5402 North Clark. Welcome, James. Thank Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for hosting us here at your brewery. I wasn't sure what to do, and I was like, oh, that's an option. Okay, well, (laughs) thanks for coming. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing to be here and see it all in person, and how are you today? Uh, I'm great. We just um, finished packaging up um, the Humble Gator, our double IPA, and uh, it's going to be available starting today at 3 o'clock. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, we released it um, last summer, you know, when the, the gator was in Humboldt Park. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a successful beer, so we brought it back. We're actually going to enter it into um, the, uh, the World Beer Cup that's coming up in uh, April. And why Humble? Did you feel like the, the gator... Oh, because it was in Humboldt Park. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, can we edit out how long it took for me to get that? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the World Beer Cup? Uh, it is a um, it's a beer competition um, that takes place every every other year, um, and beers from all over the world are are entered into. Um, uh, numerous categories and um, you know some of the um, you know the 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 best um, brewers from all around the world you know convene and and sample all the beers and um, and see if uh, you know they they judge you and see if uh, you're um, I don't know make the cut I guess and <laughs> um, yeah that's 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 terrible. Uh, so, um, have you entered it before? No, this um, when it was last held in 2018, uh, we did not have beer um, ready in time. So, this is our our real first opportunity. So, and where where is it? Where does it take place? So we have, we ship the beer down to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and then um, there's multiple collection points around the world. And once the beer's collected in Knoxville, uh, for our region, it's shipped to San Antonio, and the judging uh, takes place in San Antonio. Wow. Well, we're going to have to follow how that goes for you. It'll be exciting to hear about. Um, So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you have become a beer master? Yeah, I'm not and a, a business owner. <laughs> I, I I never consider myself a like a brewmaster or beer master just because I've never mastered anything. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, I started homebrewing in in college, and um, my senior year I started volunteering for um, a local brewery, and um, so after school they. Um, uh, my my volunteering role transitioned to uh, um, to a paid gig um, with the stipulation that um, I would be helping them close the brewery at the end of the summer. So it was a terrible way to start a career, but um, I just 
spent the summer gaining as much experience as I could. Uh, this was 2006. Yeah. Helped them close the brewery. Uh, that was kind of sad. And then uh, this was out in Massachusetts. And then um, there were some silent partners involved. And they asked me to stay on board because they were going to reopen a brewery. And I was like, well, that's silly. But uh, um, they wanted me to be their brewer. And I asked them to uh, you know, help me uh, go through brewing school. Um, so in 2007, I went through um, the Siebel Institute uh, here in Chicago. Um, and yeah, just started working for, um, well, so, th- yeah. So that brewery, um, it didn't really start, start off as planned. Um, it turns out that when they sold off the original equipment, there was a lien against it, uh, by the landlord. And, um, so, uh, landlord evicted us. And uh, so we were a brewery without a brewery, and um, a brewery up the street in New Hampshire um, invited us to uh, brew our beers in their facility, kind of like a like a gypsy brewer. And um, yeah, so I started brewing uh, my company's beers at another brewery, and eventually um, uh, they. The, the hosting brewery needed me more than my own brewery. So I basically got traded one day, like a baseball card. And, uh, yeah, uh, that was Penichuk Brewing in uh, Milford, New Hampshire. And I worked for them from 2007 to uh, 2009 when the owner um, decided to close the brewery. Uh this is just a terrible start to a career. <laughs> and uh, so in 2009, I transitioned to um, uh, Cape Cod Beer, uh, again in, in Massachusetts. And I worked for them uh, in t- until 2012. And um, I, was, uh, I was asked to be a, uh, a consultant and help uh, a new brewery startup in Henniker, New Hampshire, and uh, to eventually stay on board and run their operation. So in 2013, uh, I opened up Henniker Brewing, and um, sorry, that was 2012. Um, it was towards the end of 2012. Um, up in New Hampshire, my wife and I were expecting our our first child uh, at the time, and um, yeah, I had a miserable commute. It was three hours each way. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. So I uh, kind of uh, uh, trimmed that down a little bit uh, by staying with my in-laws uh, Monday through Friday, and then um, yeah. Uh, did that for for a year um and then it was just time to kind of pass the torch because um my wife and i we owned our house on cape cod and the housing market was just flat um you know we were in a very tourist area so no one was buying and 
Um, so yeah, I just kind of had to let that, let that dream go and, uh, and move on. Um, uh, my ed, my, my schooling background is, um, mechanical engineering. So, um, when I left Henniker, I, I worked for a uh, stainless steel fabricator for mm, almost, yeah, better part of a year. And uh, I was asked um, by a brewery in Virginia to come down and help them expand into a new facility. Um, I was just referred to um, by a friend. And um, so my wife and I, we packed up and... Uh, and and kid at this time at, at this time that's uh, good i was gonna say like yeah. did you remember the kid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah she wouldn't let us forget her um and uh yeah we moved down to virginia um in 2014 and um basically got this um it was, it was a brewery similar um around uh around six thousand barrels a year and um with the new facility we're gonna ramp up to uh fifteen thousand barrels annually and so went through that construction project with them and um uh while that was wrapping up uh my old assistant brewer in uh milford new hampshire he asked me to um, come down to Jacksonville, Florida to start his brewery. And, uh, so can I just ask you, is this, this is so interesting to hear about the ways in which like you would go in, help open, help close, be referred to other breweries, be poached by other breweries. I mean, have this network. And I feel like, you know, the the brewery scene especially the craft brewery scene has evolved and changed exponentially and so quickly in the past couple of years and what you're explaining is just this like incredible network and career network that you experience in such a like a a short period of time to be like changing so quickly every year does that (laughs) is that kind of the norm now in the brewery world or was this just like a very unique experience for you to have so much different exposure and experience at so many different places. Yeah. So, um, uh, most of the breweries I've worked for are, are smaller in size. Um, you know, maybe a handful of employees. And so, um, the breweries are kind of, you know, flat in structure, you know, in management structure. And, you know, if you want to, you know, expand your, your career and, you know, take on new, you know, um, responsibilities, you, you almost have to move on to another brewery because unless the, the head brewer, you know, decides that they want to move on, there's really nowhere for you to go within the brewery. Um, so that was, that was kind of the, the, um, the driver behind, um, all of my, my, my career change or like job changes. Um, and, um, well, a lot of it was, I just wanted to be helpful to, 
um, you know, friends of mine and, um, yeah, you know, uprooting the family a few times. <laughs> That's very friendly. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and in the back of your mind during that time, are you thinking this is all leading to me opening my own brewery someday? Definitely not. Huh. <laughs> um, so, um, so I went down to Jacksonville, Florida to help my old assistant open his brewery. And what I real realized at that time was I enjoyed the, the startup, um, more so than the day to day brewing. And, um, so like, I, I loved working with, uh, side by side with contractors and, and engineers and, um, and just, just building a brewery. And, so, um, I had a one year, uh, contract with, um, with the brewery in, in Florida and that year was coming up and I knew I wanted to stay within the industry. I just didn't want to be a day to day brewer. So I reached out to, um, a, uh, an equipment manufacturer a brewery equipment manufacturer, um, Alpha Brewing Operations out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, their their logo is green. It's kind of my favorite color, so I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's a terrible reason, but... Uh, so um, I just shot them an email. They weren't hiring or anything, but I shot them an email listing kind of all my experiences and credentials, and... Um, they called me that day. We kind of had an informal phone interview. Um, flew out the next week to just meet them in person. And um, we instantly had a chemistry. And, um, you know, they weren't necessarily looking for someone with my background. But I kind of fell into their lap. So they're like, well, we kind of have to take advantage of this. So, um, yeah, we... we more or less created a position for me and um and what that was was I was the in-house um brewery consultant so um they would they would sell a brew house um and and fermenters and uh, packaging equipment to uh to all these um breweries across the across the U.S. and um you know while they're while the customer is waiting for their equipment um you know they have plenty of work to to do they got you know they got to in install their water lines electricity drainage um you know just a lot of utilities and i would be the one to kind of help them um design that and tell them exactly what they needed where it needed to be and uh and then once they did re receive the equipment i would help them install it um, I'd fly out and commission the, the equipment and then brew with them uh, for the first few batches uh, to get them comfortable with the, the equipment and, and to make sure that there's nothing wrong. Um, and then fly home and then, um, yeah, I kind of uh, became a, um, uh, kind of a customer service technician as well because after the sale, you know, they had questions or something came up. I'd be there to, to answer and help them out. And, um, uh, that was, I, I, I mean, I, I love that job. It was, 
So were you commuting then back to Florida? Did your home base stay in Florida? No, no. no. So we uprooted again uh, from Florida to Lincoln, Nebraska. And um, uh, at first my wife was like, what did we just do? Because, you know, Jacksonville, it's a, it's a pretty pretty decent-sized city. And, um, and then we went to the cornfields. And, uh, yeah, both of us, we, we grew up. You know, in New England, where you know it's it's pretty populated, and um, yeah, it was uh it was an interesting transition for for her. But turns out she really loved the area, and um, uh, she ended up being there more than I I was, um, because soon after starting at Alpha, they had me shipped off pretty much everywhere, um, and it would be for you know, four to five days, um, domestically. And then, uh, eventually, um, Alpha started getting, uh, more and more presence internationally. So then, um, so then I was traveling, um, all over the globe at that point. And, and those trips, those were, you know, a few weeks at a time. And Mm -hmm. that was just becoming more and more taxing. Um, on you know well my wife at that point she's home alone with at the time we had two kids at the time um where was the second child born (laughs) yeah virginia uh so yeah i have uh i have three kids um i they're they're all born in uh, different states Uh, i have a yankee a confederate and a pioneer uh so our youngest uh, shane he was born in um, lincoln nebraska and um and that was kind of the catalyst of of transitioning me from from alpha to starting to think about opening uh, my own brewery um because right before uh shane was born uh, i was in china for better part of a month and um came home and two weeks later he's born and then two weeks after that, I'm shipped off to Australia, so it was a uh, it was a bit much. And um, so, um, yeah, it was probably around June of 2017, and um, uh, Doug Hurst from Metropolitan um, posted on um, on an industry forum that. Um, he was selling the the space as a turnkey brewery, and um, uh, having been f- really familiar with the area, uh, I knew exactly what brewery it was, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta jump on this." And um, so I, I uh, emailed him and flew out that weekend uh, to check out the space, and then kind of started um, started planning to to move in. And you had mentioned being familiar with the area. Was that in your capacity as a consultant with different breweries or had you and your wife been to Chicago and you said you came to school here at some point, but you know, what was the process of like deciding to actually uproot again and move to Chicago more permanently? Yeah. So, um, my mom, who's, uh, the other co-founder of the brewery, she, uh, she grew up out here. So, um, and her two brothers live out here, so my uncles. Um, 
my cousins are all, you know, like 18, 19 years old. And, um, so, uh, when, when I went off to college, my mom, and my sister moved from Boston to Chicago. And, um, but prior to that, um, growing up, my grandparents lived out here. And so she would ship my sister and I off, uh, out here for the summers. Um, and then we'd be back home for uh, the school year. But, uh, so, um, you know, between growing up, um, kind of split my time between Boston and Chicago. And then when she moved out here, um, you know, my wife and I, we'd, we'd visit out here for the holidays. And so it, it was, it was kind of a second home. And, um, and that was really the deciding factor was, was, okay, I want to transition into owning a brewery. Uh, a brewery in Chicago just opened up uh, an opportunity to to purchase it, and uh, my family's still here. And at the, now my wife and I have three kids, you know, all under five years old. So um, it was, uh, um, you know, it's like everything was kind of like falling into place. Like, you know, this was our time to move and kind of settle down. So. And what was the process like of taking this space over? Was there much to do here to kind of meet your vision and needs for the space? So, um, yeah, for the most part, it was, um, uh, it was, it was turnkey. Um, you know, it was an, it's an older, uh, facility. Um, you know, Metropolitan was here for eight years. Um, so, you know, there's normal, um, maintenance items that needed to be addressed and painting green yes 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 we uh we we went all corporate in here uh um and uh you know just uh cleaning everything up and um i just so as a as a brewery um we are federally licensed as a brewery and that takes takes around 100 days right now um and then once uh, you have your federal license you can then apply for your state license and that takes another um at least 45 days but usually around 60 days and um so i had all this downtime um between you know our first application to when we could actually brew so i used that time to um you know, just, uh, clean everything. Um, you know, there's some ancillary equipment that we didn't have. So I had to, um, you know, supply that and get that installed. Um, and then, you know, just all the, the miscellaneous plan planning that you really never planned for. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we got our license from the state um January 27th of um 2018 and we brewed our first beer February 8th um of 2018 and then we sold the first keg um March uh, 7th of 2018 so yeah we're we're coming up to our 2 year anniversary 
Well, congratulations. I'm I'm really curious about the name urban renewal and where that came from. And I always like to insert my like 30 seconds of urban planning knowledge or history in the podcast. But urban renewal is an interesting phrase from like the 1950s, 1960s of communities being changed. Um, and it's just, yeah, I'm really curious where that phrase came from. And yeah, the you, name. Took, you took a little heat for that name, didn't you, for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but... Um, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I really love the name. I was just asking where yes. it came from for you. So, well, so our corporate name is Wicked River Brewery. And um, when we went to uh, go ahead and, and apply for a trademark, it turned out that um, there was a distillery using um, Wicked River on a label. So uh, since it was in the, within the same industry... Uh, the attorney was just like, yeah, steer clear. <laughs> um, so we we ended up um, back at the drawing board for for names. We kind of we gave our our attorney like a list of like thirty names, and everything came up, you know, with some sort of conflict. And really, the the whole mindset behind it was, you know. It's it's a brewery within the city in an urban environment, and then we were renewing the space because it was a metropolitan for you know eight years, so we were kind of bringing new life to you know an older brewery, and so it just kind of fell into place as urban renewal, um, and yeah, I mean the the history never came up, um, you know, in discussions. It was it was like. Oops. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, well, it reclaims the phrase in a positive manner. And yeah, I, I mean, think that story completely makes sense and reusing and renewing, yeah. you know, something with old bones like this building that we're sitting in. Yeah, I wish we were on video right now and we could like take a tour and I know. Yeah. It's uh, tell us what all these beautiful machines are behind us and. Yeah, it's a it's a cool cool space for sure. I mean, we've been trying to dig up the history on on the space, and um, I think the the best we could find was it was built sometime um, between 1910 and 1912, and um, uh, I guess it was part of a, a lumber mill, and um, and at some point, like in the 30s. Uh, we kind of lost track of the history, and the last known use was a t-shirt factory in the 70s, and then it was um, an auto repair shop for a little while, and then Metropolitan uh, took it over, and then we did. Um, so it's, you know, it's definitely a really cool building. I mean, um, it's got some of the most unique, like, ceiling um, uh yeah, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but <laughs> yeah, the bow trust ceiling. Yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful, and you don't have that in many places anymore. And the history of a lumber mill would be really interesting because just like the area of Andersonville when it was settled in um, the late 1800s, and because um, so many Swedes decided to move kind of further north out of the city after the Great Chicago Fire, because uh, you could no longer build buildings with wood within city limits after the Great Chicago Fire, so. I don't know. I'm just making things up that I there know. could be a connection there, but that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone, any architect or, 
um, builder who comes in, um, their jaw kind of drops because, you know, we have the old, um, like Chicago common brick and, um, yeah, they're, yeah, they, they're just looking at dollar signs and <laughs> I'm like, back off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I love the building. Um, you know, wish it was a little warmer. <laughs> so I'm curious, are you in a unique position where you have such hands-on experience with the machinery itself and you're a brewer as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when we first opened up, it was just, um, it was just me and, um, our original sales manager. Um, and I did all the production for, um, a little over a year. And then, um, and then we hired on, um, Daniel, um, this past, uh, spring. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I was able to get away, uh, with a lot, um, you know, by, by having a brewing background, you know, I didn't, I didn't get tied down with, you know, the, the salary, the payroll. Um, so. Cause you could just manage a lot of it yourself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that helped us, um, you know, stay afloat early on. And, um, you know, it's really tough. We wanted to build a tap room within the space, but, um, we had infrastructure, um, issues with like um our sewer line isn't large enough to install a second bathroom so um that you know that kind of derailed the 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 initial plans uh so then we we were kind of forced to remain as a uh, distributing production brewery and uh it's a it's a crowded market out there so um you know when when there's 80 something breweries just in the Chicago, uh, city limits. And we're all fighting for, you know, the same eight to t 12 draft lines. It's, it's tough. Um, and, um, you know, we've been, we've been fortunate. We've had, um, a lot of great, um, customers who've, um, kind of, you know, been keeping us on tap. Um, and then, we got into canning uh, right away, so we were able to put beer out on the shelves and start spreading our distribution um, focus you know, region. And right now, we're distributing all the way down to Joliet. Um, you know, we're in Lake Zurich, um, you know, Waukegan. So, you know, we're we're getting out there. Um, but yeah, the the big focus right now is to open up that Andersonville space. So, well, can you just run us through your product line real quickly and um, maybe yeah. share what has the largest distribution out of that? Sure. Um, so our focus is always creating something new. Um, you know, the, the first natural question uh, consumers have is when they walk into a bar or, or in the brewery, um, they ask for what's new. So, um, that kind of forces us to, um, continuously produce new brands. So we do have two brands that, um, that have kind of turned into a, a year round, uh, flagship. Uh, we have the Kiss Kolsch, 
which is just a light German ale. Um, very similar to a Pilsner, but um, just a little touch of fruitiness because mm. it is an ale. And what is KISS? There's a KISS stands for something, correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an acronym. Uh, it's a Keep It Simple Stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's Design 101. And um, uh, that's, that's uh, it was kind of like my, my, my guiding light uh, throughout the planning. It was just keep it simple, keep it simple. Um, and, uh, and then um, we have a New England IPA called Packy. Um, and so out in Boston, um, we call liquor stores Packies. And uh, uh, New England uh, IPAs originated in New England. <laughs> and uh, so we took a very New England term and brought it to um chicago and uh so those two are are you know kind of our our main staples um but uh we do have the the hazy river uh new england ipa that is um it's it's finding its um its place as a as another year rounder um but uh the big focus is just creating fresh seasonal offerings um like uh, next week, we're gonna brew a Belgian wit um, with um, grapefruit, uh, and that'll be uh, ready just in time for spring. And um, yeah, and then we'll have a uh, Lazy River coming out. That's a kind of a hoppy blonde, and uh, it's, it's it's nice and refreshing uh, in the summer. And then um, uh, in the fall, we start focusing on darker beers uh we got the orion's milk stout and we got the Schwarzweather uh black lager and uh and then yeah in the in in between those releases we just kind of pepper the the lineup with um other offerings um like uh the humble gator right now and um what do we just oh we just released the resting peach face uh it's a peach and mango sour um and uh yeah we just uh we try to try to keep like eight to ten offerings um circulating at all times but, yeah. well can you tell us more about the tap room space that is going to open up there on Balmoral and Clark in the former Andersville brewing space yeah so um uh I think you guys had something to do with it but um Brandon and Ashley reached out to me um, last spring because um, they knew I was looking for uh, a new spot. And um, so, yeah, out of the blue, they sent me an email and they're like, hey, we might have a brewery for you. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so, um, you know, we spent the summer um, right away. I knew, okay, I was like, yep, this is perfect. Um, so we spent the whole summer, um, basically negotiating with, um, their, um, their management company, the lease management company, uh, to let us, um, take over their lease, um, with new terms. So they would essentially be, be getting out of their, uh, the remainder of their lease. And, um, you know, the, the management company wasn't very, um, um, 
enthusiastic um, about releasing um, uh, a tenant uh, who's paying a higher rate than what I would be negotiating. So there was no real motive for them to move fast. And, um, and they've proven that point. <laughs> um, so uh, we didn't get a lease um, agreed upon until like December 1st and um, but we had we put in um, a condition that we had to get our our licenses um, prior to uh, taking possession of the space because the last thing I wanted to do was um, go down this rabbit hole and find out we can't open up and now I'm stuck with a seven-year lease (laughs) so um So we're still working through all the the little details. Uh, We have to go in front of the Zoning Board of Appeals, um, hopefully in March, but we're we're running out of time here, um, to uh, request a special use permit. And um, uh, that will allow us to produce on site and, and then eventually serve our own beers and, um, so we're, we're, we're bumbling our way through the, the, the city process. And uh, I hope, I hope to be able to serve beer June 1st. Um, but so I brought back my, my old company, Alpha. Uh, they are um, uh, supplying all the equipment for the new space. Um, so Andersonville Brewing did have equipment there, but it was a little antiquated and kind of like piecemealed. So, um, uh, they were able to sell that off and leaving me with, um, uh, a blank space, uh, to work with. And so, so we're now your history all yeah helps you out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and connections again, cause, um, yeah, Alpha Alpha hooked me up um, pretty good, and um, uh, yeah, we got we uh, we're storing the equipment here now, uh, just waiting to take possession. Um, hope I'm hoping to um, take over the space April first, and that would give us time to uh, move the equipment in, install everything, um, renovate. We're going to lightly renovate the space. Um, you know, refinish the floors, paint the walls, put in new furnishings, um, you know, just make the space our own. And, um, yeah, that'll take probably two months. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be ready in time for Midsummer Fest. Well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how folks can try your beer that haven't that haven't been able to try it before. And they're welcome to kind of come into this space, right, and purchase beer directly from here. Yes. Um, so we have a bottle shop uh, here in the brewery um, where um, yeah, people can come in. Uh, we'll, we'll provide them samples of whatever beer we're, we're pouring on draft right now. We have, we have six beers available um, to try. And, um, yeah, and then we, we have uh, coolers, you know, in the retail, in the bottle shop to grab beer to go. Um so all of our beers are, are canned uh, in four pa- uh, four sixteen ounce cans, and um, 
we can also fill growlers to go. So, you know, if, if someone's got a growler collecting dust, bring it in and we'll fill it up for you. But, uh, yeah, so it's, that's been great. Um, uh, we, we probably see, you know, close to you know, 200 people on the weekends. Um, a lot of them are just visitors in the area and, um, our great, uh, neighbor Koval, uh, has been, um, you know, really great to work, work with. Uh, we're essentially their waiting room, uh, cause they hold tours on the hour and, uh, you know, their space is pretty small, so they just kick everyone over into our space and, uh, it works out pretty well. Well, James, it's so fascinating to hear your story and all like the wealth of experience you've had just in this industry and the trajectory of your career. We're so excited that it's landing at, you know, the tap room now being opened in Andersonville. But it's just so fascinating to hear all the backstory. And yeah, and I was actually curious, do you have any like ubiquitous photos of the children like sitting on top of beer kegs or anything? Uh, that, uh, that, that's not OSHA approved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we have a lot of incriminating photos. Uh, <laughs> but, um, their, their favorite day is, uh, canning day. They, they love, uh, seeing the cans come down the canning line and all the noises. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, you know, we, we really tried to make it a family environment. It must be so cool that, like grow up and have your dad be a brewer mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're gonna have the best 21st birthday <laughs> <laughs> well we always like to end our podcast episodes um and i know that you are extremely busy on a number of fronts but if you found a spare day and had the opportunity to switch places with another andersonville business for a day who would you choose and why and this is local you don't even have to switch states to Make yeah, this I know. You're right yeah. here, you're staying right here. I'm you really don't have to go have them. another baby no. in another state. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, wow. That's um. You know what? I'm. I'm. I really. I love what Little Bad Wolf's been doing. Um, I love their space. Um, you know, they're kind of on the northern edge of of the neighborhood, but. Um, got it they just they just do a great job um and uh yeah and well i've told them numerous times but their uh, mac and cheese uh it's gonna kill someone one day uh it is so good <laughs> uh, that person will die happy uh yes yes uh it's probably gonna be me uh <laughs> but that's great. Yeah, we had we recently had someone on the podcast who said I think it was their wolf burger that they're Oh yeah. 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 That they like have to prep to consume. That they have to <laughs> do a couple of push ups, like get ready to tackle that sucker. Yeah, their burgers are pretty serious. Uh but uh I don't know, I just can't ignore that mac and cheese. <laughs> well thank you, James, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Urban Renewal, please visit urbanrenewbrew.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. 